This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast. This will be our last podcast of summer, so to speak. We will get everything rolling. For the football season with our football Friday podcast, which will be up for you uh, in most places by noon on Friday, maybe a smidge later in some places, but for the most part, and go to Bet Rivers, download the app if you want the most immediate place to get the podcast, but then you can get the podcast wherever you go for your podcast consumption. So the football Friday one will be up every week. And remember, we also will have a lot of other things for you. We will have uh, some new wrinkles we'll talk about on Friday. We will uh, also have post-game analysis for all big, and we're hoping there's plenty of big Jet and Giant games this year. That Those are very popular, and we will have those. Even if they're playing in primetime like they are this week on Sunday night and Monday night, we will have post-game after both immediately after the game. They will be up right after the game with instant analysis of the ball games. Uh, right after they're played, and what a weekend it is if you're a Jet and Giant fan as the uh, Sunday night game features the Giants and the Cowboys, the Monday night game, of course, the Jets and the Bills, so they both get out of the gate running. And remember, get extra value this football season with Bet River Squares. Win up to $10,000 in bonus money. That's right, $10,000. Bet just simply $10 in same-game parlays on any game with the squares icon to earn a square, and then... You're playing like the Super Bowl 100 box, and you have a chance if you match the final score to win $10,000 in bonus money without having put in a dime. So you get some more action, you get some exciting action, and it's there for you throughout the entire season, courtesy of the folks at uh, Bet Rivers. And remember, download the Bet Rivers app, take a second and do it now. You can get this podcast there. You can get a bunch of different gambling things there. You can get everything you need the, to take you through this football season. Uh, and again, uh, it's gotten off to an interesting start. I think Deion Sanders, uh, and I did not do a commentary on it because everyone in the world did. Uh, obviously, it was incredibly impressive what he did. What was impressive was how precise and how good the offense was. And what was also impressive is he wasn't kidding when he saw, said he brought the Louis, which means he brought the Louis Vuitton, meaning I brought players to Colorado. His son can play quarterback on a major college level. Hunter can play with anybody, anywhere, anytime. They have some very good people on offense. Now, they're a little smallish on defense, and they did give up 42 points in the win to TCU. And that was just an up and down, who's got the ball last kind of game. But the bottom line is their execution was flawless offensively. Absolutely flawless. I mean, they played as good a game offensively as I've seen in a long time in terms of execution. 
So they play Nebraska on Sun on Saturday, and that will be, every game they play now will be an event. There's no question about that. He has already done that in just one week in Colorado. So you have to give him all the credit in the world for what he's established there in just a week. Now, are they going to have their moments? Yeah, I'm sure they are. But the bottom line is, you know what? Most people thought they were going to win like three or four games this year. They've taken over a program that was just at the rock bottom. But he brought some players in, including his son at quarterback, and he can play. He can absolutely play. And Hunter is a guy who is as talented as just about anybody in the, in the college game. I don't think there's anything, any question about that. Moving to baseball for a second. You know, what you hope to do when you're out of it and a season hasn't gone as expected and has been nothing short of a bitter, incredibly bitter disappointment is to bring some kids up which excite the fan base and energize the veteran squad so that you have some life and you have something to play for in September. Well, the Yankees have done that. They've not, you know, they, went, they played Houston in games that, let's be honest, no one was taken seriously, and then they swept them, which was big for them. They've gotten a big lift from the baby bombers, and, and, and listen, some of them haven't hit at all. But Dominguez gave them a big lift when he showed up and hit the home run of Verlander and then hit another big home run right away. But Volpe has been much better down the stretch of the season in his last 30 games. He's hit 250. He's hit seven homers. He's knocked in a bunch of runs. He's been a much better, more consistent offensive player has not been overmatched as he was at different junctures of the season. His season's already been a success. I mean, if you hear 20, 20 one more time, like 20 steals is a big deal. 20 steals. Steals can be an incredibly manipulative number. People throw steals around like it is some critical number. It is not. Okay, the steals back in baseball this year, but let's be honest. It is not a critical number. It's when you steal bases. That's the critical situation. Can you steal a base in the eighth inning of a tie game? Can you steal a base down a run in a tie game, in, in, in a one-run game with, you know, with one out in the ninth? That's the critical thing about a steal. A lot of steals are useless. So that, that is thrown around so much it's worthless. It's not that important. What he's done is he showed power. He's hung in all year. He's played heads up all year, and he showed that he can play the position as shortstop all year. That's what he's done. He showed you he can be a, a solid player. Is he going to be a star? I don't know. I, I, I don't think so. I think he's going to be a good, solid player. I don't think he's going to be a star. But let's see. He's got power. He's got speed. But speed, like I said, the stolen bases is so overrated as ridiculous. So much is made of it with Acuna. So much is made of it now with Volpe. It's way overrated. It's not that big a deal. What is a big deal is he showed punch. And what big, is a big deal is he's improved as the year's gone on. He hasn't let this major league experience eat him up. And he's played heads-up ball all year. But they've also watched as LeMayu's come back. 
and Torres has hit very well. You know he's always going to make bonehead plays. You know he's always going to have his head in the clouds. The bottom line, though, is he's a good offensive player. And Judge has come back and done what you expect Judge to do. He hits home runs. Makes plays, hits home runs. Throw in the occasional Stanton bomb. And you have a nucleus of guys there who are producing. Get some performances from the staff. And all of a sudden you have the team playing better baseball as they are now. And listen, as they hit 500 again and playing the Tigers now. Yankee fans, there's some out there thinking they're going to sweep the table. The Yankees would have to, theoretically, in the 24 games they have left, would have to go at least 19-5 and and beat Toronto minimum five out of six games to have any chance. That's That's a rough deal. They have six games with the Blue Jays. They have games this weekend with the Brewers. Okay. Uh, they do close with the Royals, but they have six games with the Blue Jays, as we said. And let's be honest, they haven't played well against good teams this year. They're not going to the playoffs. I think that's crazy. I don't expect this team to close that well. Watch these next two games against the Tigers when the Tigers are throwing decent pitchers. And last night was a committee game. You got Cole on the mound. You expect to win that game. You know, win about six more in a row and then come talk to me about it. You know, do they have a chance after they put another six or seven on the board in a row? Because that's what you're talking about, because they have to basically win 80 percent of their games the rest of the way. Minimum. And that includes five out of six against Toronto, because right now Toronto is 15 games over 500 with the for the last wildcard spot. And the Yankees are 500, just got back to 500, winning seven of 10, winning four in a row. So let's not get nuts yet. But. Dominguez has put some life into the fan base. And Mauricio has put some life into the Mets fan base. And that's what these kids do. That is an old adage in baseball, which is a a good one. Be careful what you look at in April and September. The reason why is you have a lot of people in the majors during those months who are not going to be there through the rest of the year. They're not going to be there in June, July, and August. You get a lot of pitching that comes up. A lot of teams out of it that aren't playing hard. You have, that's all the reason, you know, because, you know, you get guys who have that crazy September and then never get heard from again. So the adage has some validity, but it doesn't mean a kid who is a top prospect who comes up and does well in September isn't going to, you know, stay in the major leagues if he's the real goods. And the Yanks expect Dominguez to be the goods. They expect him to be a very good, if not superior, major league player. He's supposed to be the real thing. I mean, Everson Pereira's got a lot of work to do. Some of the youngsters are overmatched at the plate. Dominguez hasn't looked that way yet. For the Mets, Mauricio hasn't looked that way. He looks like a major leaguer. He, he, you know, he, he came in looking like a veteran. Some guys do that. The guys who really belong, some of them do it. So we have an exciting week. We have football right around the corner. Kansas City 
ready to kick off the NFL campaign. Incredible excitement around the Giants and the Jets, especially the Jets, who will face a very interesting early schedule. I mean, very interesting. We'll get into all that on the football program, which, like I said, the podcast for Football Friday will be up each and every week. We'll be there like clockwork and up for most places by noon on Friday. We have a bunch of other stuff to talk about. We will do it in the first football show and tell you what to expect for the entire football season. Your emails when we come back. You're listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Send your emails to Mike Francesa podcast at gmail.com. And remember, like always, we will cover the NFL season like a blanket. We always do. We always have. We have our whole careers. We will do that like always. That'll be nothing will have changed in that regard. Here we go. This is from Mike. I know you aren't a fan of MetLife Stadium, to say the least. But if John Mara could go back and when they started seriously talking about a brand new building instead of renovating, what do you think he would have done differently? I think they would have renovated. I think they would have renovated. I think they would have thought about putting a retractable roof on the building they had which they probably could have done. I don't want to put a number out because I'm not an architect, uh, but uh, I think they could have done that. I think the Jets and the Giants should have gone their separate ways. That was foolhardy for Woody Johnson. He was never getting his West Side Stadium. He should have gone to Queens. He would have had his own stadium to play football in each year, and he would have felt like a primary tenant, which he will never feel like in midlife. I don't like the sharing of the stadium. And it is shameful that in the greatest city in the world, which we have lived in our whole lives, or most of our lives, and a city that I love, and a city that is always at the top of everything, sports, finance, entertainment, advertising, you name it, we can't build a decent stadium these stadiums are here are two things that are just disgraceful we can't build a stadium to be proud of we can't build an airport to be proud of in the greatest city in the world really embarrassing i don't know why that is but it's that way the airports around the world and around the nation make us look like hillbillies And so do the ballparks. But he would have renovated building the stadium caused, I believe, and I'm not going to get into specifics, I believe led to the demise of the Giants for a very long time. Mark, if Jim Kelly had won all four Super Bowls, would he be the greatest quarterback ever? No. But he would have had a heck of a career. Four in a row would have been something outrageous. First of all, getting to the Super Bowl four in a row is an accomplishment that gets no credit that should never be overlooked. It is an incredible accomplishment. If they had just won one of those, and we're glad they didn't at the expense of the Giants, which was their best shot. If they had won one, their four in a row would be remembered as the great achievement that it is. But the bottom line is 
the four losses are painful, so they don't like to bring up that they went four in a row when they lost four in a row. Jason, I listened to you talk about the deterioration of the running back position as far as what it means in the NFL. With that said, do you think Emmett Smith's rushing record has entered Cy Young territory where it's safe for generations? You know, the way running backs are now being utilized, the way running backs are now being sent packing at young ages, it is going to be very hard to have any longstanding records as a running back now. Very, very hard. Mike, with the major realignment in college sports, I feel that Notre Dame cannot allow their football program to remain independent if they want to stay ahead. Do you see a move? I do not. <clears throat> I've made this very clear. And you have, if you've listened to me, you know that I have told you repeatedly through all of this that Notre Dame football would remain an entity unto itself. Remember, they have a national TV contract of one. Nobody has their TV contract. They are the only team in any walk of sports life that has every single game on national television. Nobody else does. I have told you this forever. The lowest they go to in television viewing is ESPN. Their games are either on NBC nationally, ABC nationally if it's a road game, and if the ABC doesn't take the game, then ESPN takes the game. They never regionalize a game. The Dallas Cowboys regionalize their product. The New York Yankees, the Boston Celtics, the Los Angeles Lakers, go down the line, they all regionalize their product. Now, can you pay in this world now and see every game somewhere in the country? Yes, but it is not on free TV like Notre Dame is. National TV is free. Notre Dame is on free TV. ESPN is not free TV. Remember, that's a little, without, that's not what I'm trying to get into here now. So ESPN is not free TV. But it's national TV. And the bottom line is nobody has that. I think they, they're the only team that can thrive and be independent. I do not see them. I do not see them going as a football and sharing their football revenue with anybody. They never have. I don't think they will. Would you say Cody Bellinger is a good fit for the Yankees? Um, I would have liked to add him this season. I, would, I thought when they were thinking about making moves, uh, he made sense. There's no question. So um, I think from that standpoint, he would be a, a good fit short term, um, the Yankees have, have to get left-handed. They have to get players who swing from either both sides of the plate or from the left-hand side of the plate. They have been stubbornly, stubbornly and ineffectively right-handed. 
And it has cost them, it has cost them dramatically. Okay? If I could have one player for the Yankees, and, and I know this is a pipe dream, it's not going to happen, but if I could have one player right now for the Yankees, I wanted Olsen for the Yankees in the worst way. It was a perfect fit. This player is a perfect fit, but you're never going to get him. Okay. Kyle Tucker. If you, Kyle Tucker could spend the next 10 years on the Yankees, he would put up unbelievable numbers and would be perfect for the team. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, but that's a guy, if I could have one guy, that's a guy I'd want right now. Okay, that is the guy. I, that is the guy I would want. Okay, without any question, that is the guy I would want. But I, you know, it's not going to happen. Um, Phil, I know you said this before, but on Labor Day with no local teams playing is an absolute disgrace. You know my pet peeve. Does baseball have any clue on how to promote its game? No, it doesn't. I have screamed this for years. Baseball wants badly to reach the youngsters and to develop young fans going forward. And then they have their teams off on Labor Day, which is a national holiday when everybody is off, when people are in their backyards having barbecues and they would have the TVs on, when people would go to the game in those cities And in New York, to not have a game on Labor Day is a disgrace. And it's such bad marketing, it boggles the mind. Listen, I have given this idea over the airwaves, and I've given this idea privately to baseball forever. Baseball, I understand owners want single admission because they think they pay too much for their labor costs. But you have to sometimes give a little to get a little and to promote their sport to the youth of America and to get young people into the ballpark. In many places, the game has become too expensive for the family. Take the three holidays you own in Major League Baseball, Memorial Day, Fourth of July, and Labor Day. Ball games are a big part of all three of those days. So are sunshine, so are beaches, so are, you know, summer weather. Double headers across America. On those three dates, every team engages in a double header. Everybody in baseball has the next day off completely in all three. Because that Tuesday, hey, people are busy. They're going back to work. They're getting their kids ready for school. They have no time for anything. Harrison wanted to see a movie last night. I took him to a movie last night, the Tuesday after Labor Day. There were two people and us in the movie theater. Well, of course, it's a busy night. Kids are going to school, getting kids ready for school, getting people ready. They're out shopping. They're out doing this. It's a busy time. Labor Day is not a busy time. It's a day of celebration. 
have double headers on all three of those dates, Memorial Day, 4th of July, and Labor Day. Three built-in off days the next day after the three holidays. In those ballparks, especially where you don't have vast sellouts, like not, you know, the Dodgers, the Yankees, places like that, it's very difficult to do this, but do it where you can. Have family sections where families get discounts on four or more tickets so they can take their kids to a ball game. Not only take them to a ball game, take them to a double header. Some of my fondest baseball memories, and as everyone knows, I didn't grow up with a father. But when we were young, and My brother Marty was 20 months younger than me. My brother John was six and a half years older than me. So John drove. When John drove, and John, you know, drove at 16, drove at 17. When he drove, he would pack us up and take us to a Sunday doubleheader. It could be Yankees, White Sox on Labor Day, 64. We were there. I remember it to this day. I remember the double mantle hit off Juan Pizarro in left center field. I remember yelling at Dave Nicholson in left field. I remember going to a Cincinnati Reds-Mets doubleheader at the Polo Grounds in 63 with John and his friends when I was a little boy. I remember the three of us, my two brothers and myself, going to see the Giants doubleheader at Shea Stadium and watching Willie McCovey take batting practice before the doubleheader. So we were in that ballpark at 11 o'clock, and we were in that ballpark at 7 o'clock at night. And we had a day of baseball that lasted with me my whole life. That's what you give the youth of America. Give them that experience. Instead of this ridiculous marketing that has the Yankees and Mets off on Labor Day. 1964, Yankees fighting the White Sox and the Orioles for first place and for the pennant. Finished a five-game sweep of the White Sox on a Labor Day doubleheader that I was at as a little kid. Sat in the first row of the third deck in left field, right near the foul pole. And I still remember it to this day. That's how you get through. That's how you build young fans. That's how you market your sport. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.